Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of... Does Vladimir Putin want to destroy the United States? Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, how often have you heard or read about the great danger that Putin's Russia represents to the United States. Now, you older folks will remember just how dangerous the Soviet Union was. And you remember also how over many years we were warned about this guy, Vladimir Putin, and how he's really just an, an ex-KGB agent in, in democratic disguise and a rather thin democracy at that. And he really would just like to maybe team up with China and destroy us. We're going to think this through. Now, I don't have any insider reports of exactly what's going on in, in the Kremlin or in the mind of Vladimir Putin, but I can reason pretty well. And there's one mistake that Americans in particular tend to make, well, human beings in general, but Americans in particular, and they're often criticized for this in other countries. I know because I lived in Europe really for most of my life, in Germany for 14 years, in Spain for 19 years, now in Japan for 12 years. And it's the mistake of seeing everything from an egocentric standpoint. In other words, seeing everything just from the standpoint of America. Now, if you're American, you naturally think, okay, who could our most dangerous enemies be? Uh, if you're not really with it, if you haven't really been thinking very much and following things, you're going to say Russia. <laughs> Mainstream media, Russia, Russia, Russian collusion, Russian this or that. If you're more of a thinking person, you'll say immediately China. Now, why do I say that? Well, let's just look at population. I believe the Russian population is about 155 million, like less than half of the U.S., the Chinese population is 1.4 billion, and that's what, over about four times more than that, more than the U.S., right? First of all, there's that. Second of all, China still has a communist regime. And communists, going right back to Karl Marx, has said the goal has to be world domination, taking over the entire world. That's what Marx said, that's what Engels said, that's what Lenin said, that's what Stalin said, that's what Khrushchev said to Kennedy, for example. Now, Putin is not a communist. Did you know, for example, that he's a very religious man, Orthodox Christian? He goes to church and everything. As a matter of fact, he paid to have thousands of churches in Russia rebuilt, churches the communists either destroyed or you know, used for other purposes then. Uh, so he's not the great communist threat. Yes, he did belong to the KGB. He left the KGB, I believe it was when Gorbachev was, the, yeah, when Gorbachev was the leader because he had heard rumors that some elements were trying to take down Gorbachev and he didn't think that was a good thing. So he separated himself from the KGB. I'm not an expert in the life of Putin, but I will say this, the way he's portrayed in the Western media is so wrong. And I'm going to demonstrate this simply with reason today. I want you to imagine, this is something that, that many people can't do very well. 
uh, and maybe most especially Americans. Let's look at it from his standpoint, from Putin's standpoint. Once again, I said that Americans are so egocentric in that sense. To see everything from the American standpoint, what you should do is try to, if you're dealing with any other country, for example, what's America look like from the German standpoint, from the French standpoint, from the Italian standpoint, from the Iranian standpoint, from the Chinese standpoint? You have to learn to think like that to really get some kind of deeper understanding. Because otherwise, you're there in America thinking, well, potentially, I guess some countries are friends, and but Putin, he must be our enemy, and China's our enemy. Well, did, you, did it ever occur to you that maybe sometimes America is just wrong? And maybe other countries criticizing America are right on the mark? Did that ever occur to you? Uh, we should always question these things, but l let's look at it from the standpoint of Putin. Russia is the, the landmass-wise the biggest country in the world. They contain, er, it has tremendous natural resources. China has 1.4 billion people and growing. They need more space and they need more resources. How do you think that makes Putin feel? Suppose you are Putin. Suppose you have some Russian leader, uh, one of the leadership there. And you see you have this big neighbor <laughs> that has like nine times more people than you do. They're, they're, they're communist and their philosophy is sooner or later we have to take over the world. You know, you, you're sitting on all these natural resources that you don't even have the means to mine yet, but the Chinese do. How would you feel? Would you feel safe and secure? Would you think, oh, yes, we have to team up with our buddies, the Chinese, to defeat America? Suppose that happened. Suppose Russia and China gang up on America and defeat America. Well, they, China might say to Russia, okay, you can have half, you can have Canada, we'll take the United States or whatever. But then the Russians are in the same boat, aren't they now? It's only a question of time until China says, okay, now we're going to go after Russia. Do you think Putin's not smart enough to know that? When John Bolton, who used to work for Trump, as you probably know, uh, he was uh, there talking to Putin. I believe it was when he went to Russia. And Putin said to him, you know, we really should talk about uh, collaborating more, Russia and America, because we're facing the two great dangerous enemies. And Bolton knew what he meant immediately. It's uh, radical Islam and China. Putin doesn't say this public, be public because he's no fool. He's right next to China. He doesn't want tensions with China. He doesn't want a Chinese army of maybe 50 million men crossing the border and going after him, where he'd be forced, it, he'd be forced to use nuclear weapons, and then they're all dead. I don't think he wants that. Did you ever think about that? You probably haven't. But think of his situation. If I were Putin, sitting in the Kremlin, oh, I know I have a nuclear arsenal bigger than China's, and America has a nuclear arsenal bigger than China's, but China has a nuclear arsenal big enough probably to destroy the entire world. So how big does your arsenal have to be anyway? Do you think Putin wants a nuclear war with America or with China so that everybody's dead? I don't think so. Why do you think Europe was not overrun by Stalinist armies or, or other you know, Soviet armies after that? Why not? Well, because of the nuclear threat. Because America said, you do this and it's nuclear war. And Stalin thought, well, I don't want to, don't want nuclear war. After World War II, Stalin still had an army of millions of men. We had disbanded our armies because after the war, of course, the families wanted to see their sons, brothers, fathers again. And so the great bulk of our army went back to America. Stalin, if it hadn't been for nuclear weapons, Stalin would have overrun Western Europe and nothing could have opposed him. But thanks to nuclear weapons, and yes, they are terrible weapons, I know, 
I'm not a big fan of nuclear weapons, but thanks to them, Western Europe was saved. Uh, kind of similar on a small scale, thanks to people having the right in some states to carry a firearm, criminals are more cautious. If a criminal knows, oh, that little old lady, she certainly can't have a weapon. She's not going to have a weapon, so I can mug her as much as I want. But it happened in Florida, it was years ago, in Florida, some young mugger tries to attack an old lady. She pulled out a gun and shot him. She's about 70 years old. Oh, surprise, surprise. I think that's when Florida first made a, a, a rule that you could carry a gun if you have a license for it. Uh, well, surprise, surprise, right? So there's going to be maybe less, less aggression on the part of attackers. What's the same thing on a large scale. If China knows America has nuclear weapons, they're, they're not going to send a huge army to America because America would have no choice. They would have to use nuclear weapons. And America would think, well, even if we all get killed, it's better than living under communist tyranny. That's a great strength of America, especially their religious beliefs, because for Americans, for many of them, at least <laughs> not as many as earlier, they, they believe they know if I die for a good cause, I'm going to heaven. The communist Chinese who doesn't believe in an afterlife, he doesn't have that consolation. You think about that for a while. He knows, hey, if we die, we're just dead. That's the last thing the communist wants. That's the last thing the atheist wants is to drop dead because then it's all over. But if you're a religious person, why do you think Islamic radicalism uh, can do so much? Because those people believe if I die for the jihad, I'm going directly to heaven. And 72 virgins awaiting me there. It's funny the leftists don't criticize that for being misogynist and, and all kinds of horrible things. You never hear them criticizing that. But imagine they're telling their fighters, yes, if you die, you have 72 virgins in heaven. It seems like that's rather sexist, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I, okay, I always think deeper than other people. I don't just think that's kind of sexist. Uh, I think, what about the Muslim women who die in jihad? Do they have 72 virgin males waiting for them? That's never mentioned, is, is it now? <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? And besides which, okay, the, the Muslim male in his perfect body because he's in heaven now has 72 virgins. So after 72 days, he doesn't have a single virgin left. Do you ever think about that? I mean, think about it. I'm saying this humoristically, but really think about it. What does God do then? Every time one is deflowered, he gives you a new virgin. And where do all these virgins come from? I can tell you they don't come from San Francisco or New York or Baltimore or Chicago. I can tell you, God's not going to find them there, once again, being humorous. <laughs> but you think about these things, because I always think things through to the end, even if it take me down humorous paths. Laughing is a, is a good thing. But let's get back to our friend, our friend Putin here. And I say this consciously. Remember, Putin was saying to John Bolton, America and Russia should work more closely together because the two most dangerous enemies are you know, radical Islam and China. Ah, yes, that's the way it is. China, this country who cast off economic communism a few decades ago, they were smart. They thought, let's follow the path of Hitler. We'll have our collectivism. Communism and Nazism are both collectivist ideologies. We'll keep on with the collectivist stuff, you know, the dominating one country after another in time and eventually having a, a world domination. But we'll get rid of the stupid economic system of communism because it doesn't work. We'll adopt capitalism. And so now they're stronger than ever. You think that wasn't planned? You think that wasn't planned? Of course it was. And so now China is the greatest threat to America by far. Funny, the mainstream media doesn't mention that too often. It's always Putin, Putin, Putin. Either they're really stupid 
or they're being paid by China. And we know in the case of Michael Bloomberg, how he said on, in an interview a few years ago, that he purposely well, doesn't let his channel criticize China because that's against the Chinese law and we want to respect their laws. Yes, yeah, so they can do whatever they want, China, and we're not going to criticize them. Oh, but Putin, he doesn't have to do anything, we'll criticize him. Good example of that is, uh, remember these people that were poisoned. Let's think this through. Uh, Sergei and Yulia Skripal, 2018. I'll read something from an article here. Former double agent Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia were hospitalized in critical condition after being found unconscious on a bench in the British town of Salisbury. Maybe you remember this case. They have since recovered and were reported to have fled to New Zealand under new identities. Britain accused Russian military intelligence of poisoning the Skripals with Novichok, a military-grade nerve agent. <laughs> Russia denies poisoning the Skripals. So what do you get from that? Oh, there's Russians again. They're poisoning these people. But now, please, let's think this through. I laughed at this when I saw it. Why? Okay. Russian military intelligence. Well, Russia doesn't have a KGB anymore. It has the FSB. You know, they're the, well, now that they don't have communism anymore, it's the FSB, right? But these guys are clever, right? Uh, at least as clever as the CIA, as was the KGB, right? Okay. So we're to believe that Russia, Putin behind it all, of course, because he's so evil. <laughs> we're to believe that they want to kill this couple. Now, let me ask you this because you might not have thought about this. I think about everything. If an organization like the CIA or the KGB or the FSB, modern FSB, if they want to kill somebody, how many ways do you think they have of doing that? Do you think they only have one way? <laughs> Come on, you have to be a total fool to think that. I think they only have 10 ways you have to be a total fool to think that. They probably have a list of 100 ways to kill people. Oh, maybe only 90, maybe 200. I don't know. But I guarantee you they have more than one way to kill people. Now, if Putin wanted to kill these people and send a message to the world, look, I had them killed. So if, you're, if you've been a double agent, if you betrayed Russia, we're going to get you no matter where you are. All they'd have to do was, would be to have somebody you know, stab him in the back. But with a note there, Putin did it, right? But no, look what they did. Apparently, they want to do it secretively. So what did they use? They use a military-grade nerve agent named Novichok, Russian name, that when they do the autopsies in the West, they can trace it back to Russia. Question. Now, you might think about Putin, what you might think is evil. Do you think he's stupid? I don't think there's anybody in the world that would think, Vladimir Putin, he's so dumb, he's so stupid. Oh, he has Alzheimer's. I don't think so. This man is extremely intelligent. He's very clever. He's clever like a fox and then some. Why the devil, if he wants to kill somebody or some couple, would he use a nerve agent that would be traced back to Russia? Does that make any sense whatsoever to you? It doesn't make any sense. From the beginning, I laughed at it. Let's think of some other possibilities, please. When this happened, I remember in Britain and Europe, oh, we have to put sanctions on Russia. We can't do this deal with Russia. We can't do that deal with Russia. No, Russia, look what they've done. They've poisoned these people. And I thought, okay, whenever there's a crime, if you think like a detective just a little bit, I don't mean, you know, Columbo level, let's say semi-Columbo, whatever. Whenever a crime's committed, the first question you should ask is who benefits from this crime? Who would benefit by having a lot of countries turn against Russia? Ah, uh, uh, 
maybe the deep state, for example, in America, the CIA, anybody who's in bed with China, China itself would want that. China's nightmare would be America and Russia joining forces, wouldn't it now? Two other countries, each of which has a nuclear arsenal much bigger than China's. Oh, wow, China doesn't want that. Now, let me ask you, the Chinese uh, intelligence services, don't you think in the course of years they could get their hands on a military-grade nerve agent from Russia, considering the fact that when the, the Soviet Union fell apart, there were all these rogue military people who wanted to make money for them. I remember, remember the story about 30 years ago about how there could be some Russian, uh, well, the top Russian people then retired after the Soviet Union fell, but they were selling suitcase bombs to maybe terrorist groups. Wow, a suitcase nuclear bombs. A little detail I forgot to mention there. You don't think that the Chinese uh, intelligence services could get their hands on some kind of military-grade nerve agent by bribing somebody in some laboratory in Russia or some nerve agent that existed years ago and buy it on the black market? You don't think they could do that? I'll bet they could. Would they have a, would they have a motive for doing that? I'll bet they do have a motive. And what's the motive? To separate Russia from Western countries. I've been saying for years, Russia should be a natural ally of the West because the danger is not Russia with 155 million people and it's not a communist country anymore. The great danger is China with 1.4 billion. It's going to have to expand sooner or later and it still has a communist regime. It'd be easier for me to believe that it was China behind that poisoning. But another detail, supposedly, yes, Russian military intelligence and Putin behind it all, they want to kill these people. And they use this Russian nerve agent that was then discovered easily when they did the autopsy, right? That's pretty dumb. But not only that, the people didn't even die. I mean, really, do you think if the KGB or, well, modern FSB or CIA, do you think if they want you dead, you're going to survive the attack? If you believe, oh, well, if I'm lucky, I'm going to survive, well, you'd have to be really lucky. Because if the FSB wants you dead and you, you well, you with your, what was it, his daughter, were out in a bench someplace, if they want you dead, you're going to be dead, deader than the proverbial doornail. They can do it with a sniper rifle from a mile away because they have special forces that can kill somebody just like the Americans for, for like a mile and a half away. They can hit you in the head. And if it's just a half a mile away, it's child's play for them, right? So it could be with a sniper rifle. It could be somebody just passing by there, maybe somebody disguised a drug addict who cuts their throats or does this or that or shoots them in the head. It could be any one of so many different ways. They could make it look like an accident as well. It could be a bomb that somebody places there. But no, they use a military-grade nerve agent with a Russian name to be traced back to Russia, and then the people don't even die. Please. That the people didn't die, okay, I guess maybe the people were lucky or maybe the people that had that nerve agent didn't know how to use it properly. Uh, I don't know, but especially military-grade nerve agents, some other attack, I forget which one that was, where it happened, then the police went to somebody's house and a policeman got killed of that as well. Uh, somebody else had it slipped into his tea. Is this really being done by Putin or by somebody who wants to demonize Russia? And this could be, like I say, it could be the CIA, it could be the FBI, it could be the Democrats in America who are always harping about Russia while getting paid by China or sleeping with Chinese agents like the Swalwell character. Uh, remember that scandal in the recent past? 
it could be it could be Europe that maybe wants to separate the the, the West from Russia and do more dealings with China. It could be China itself. Why do we believe they sing so easily? People read an article like this, and this is a short article, and they immediately believe, oh yeah, I guess Putin was behind that. But if you once again think like Putin, why would Putin want to separate himself by such stupid actions? I mean, first of all, he'd be a total flop anyway to try to kill two people. He can't even kill two people sitting on a bench in a park. I mean, really, if you believe that, you must be a fool. I'm sorry. But if the S if the FSB wants you dead and you're there sitting out in a park on a bench, believe me, you're going to die. If the CIA wants you dead, believe me, you're going to die. And if they want to hide it, they're not going to use Novichok, some military grade. Now, if you're in the CIA, you might use Novichok because they think, oh, good. When you do the autopsy, they're going to blame Russia, not us. Well, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Think a little bit like a detective. And now think like Putin. Can you imagine anything worse for Putin than to be alienated from the entire world, from Europe, from America, and then China? Once China takes over America, takes over Europe, economically could be by war. Then they're going to look to Russia. They're going to say, oh, look at Russia. Look how big and juicy Russia is. Wow, we could ship half our population there. Land prices would sink in China because we could have 700 million people send them to Russia. We kill a bunch of Russians. The Chinese don't care about that. Uh, or we make them work as slaves for us. And, and look at all these natural resources Russia has. Oh, my God, we'll be prospering. Do you think Putin doesn't recognize that threat? And yet with America, Putin knows because America has well, at least a semblance of a democracy now. I used to say democracy, but, you know, things have changed. But if he teams up with America, then China has to, has to really watch out because in any kind of conflict, they're facing Russia and America. So if you're Vladimir Putin, the last thing you want is to be isolated. Yes, I know Russia and, and, uh, and China have economic agreements, but of course, if you're Putin, you're not going to try to alienate China because they were not going to work with you. And of course not, because then you become an enemy of China. And that's the last thing you want. And you're already an enemy of so many people in America because they're pushing that narrative. And then you're totally isolated. No, you have to act. Oh, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll do this with China. We'll collaborate with them here. But you know who the most dangerous enemy is. And it's not the United States because the United States is only a question of, well, since there's still a semblance of free speech as well. You can get reporters to report your side of the story, and Americans are going to well, be divided whether they love you or hate you. But in China, since everything's run by the state, as it is more and more in America now, then the whole narrative is going to be anti-Russian, anti-Russian, anti-Russian if China turns against Russia. And then you're lost. You with your 155 million people, and but then you have to turn toward nuclear weapons, and then you're lost too. Sure, you kill all the Chinese, and they, they kill all of you, but that would you want that as Putin? Mutually assured destruction, mad. Would you want that? Uh, I don't think any leader would want that. St even Stalin didn't want that. A crazy leader like Hitler, well, yeah, he would have wanted it. But no person who's sane would ever want such a thing. Uh, China has been making some big threats recently. That's because their system is starting to collapse. They're having great economic problems. Uh, but of course, the Chinese are experts at the art of war. Sun Tzu's famous book, The Art of War. And one of the things it says in there, if you are weak, if your army is weak, pretend that you're very, very strong. If you're strong, pretend that you're weak. Now China is becoming more and more weak. Its system is, it's the beginning phase of what could be the collapse of the Chinese Communist Party. So now they're talking like tigers. 
throwing threats all around, right? That's where they got that from the, the art of war. But they know in America, if they attack America, and I'm not talking about Biden here, they know that the, the alliance, the, the, the military that's not for Biden, no doubt they've told uh, Xi Jinping already, you attack us, some kind of big major attack, and you have a bigger army than we do, fine, but then we'll go nuclear, and then you're dead too. And we don't care that much because we believe in Jesus Christ and we're going to be in heaven. Where are you going to be annihilated because you don't believe in anything after? You know, that's a big strength for people. No, I'm not some kind of uh, born again Christian by any means. But that's a big strength that people believe. Just think of the, the Muslim fanatics that blow themselves up with bombs because they, they're convinced they're going to be, they might have a miserable lives. Anybody that wants to strap a bomb themselves and blow themselves up and kill people for some cause uh, they're either half crazy or they've had miserable lives before that. If they have to give meaning to their lives by doing such a thing. But they're thinking, boy, it's going to be a lot better later with those 72 virgins up there in heaven. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever turns you on. But now you see my point here in this uh, episode. If you think like Putin, the last thing you want would be to destroy America. And you wouldn't want to team up with China to destroy America. Oh my God, because then China's next going to turn to you. Right? It's like Hitler and, and Stalin teaming up to you know take over Poland then. But then what? Then Hitler turns against Stalin. I mean, of course that would happen. And Putin knows that well. Putin is not stupid. Putin wants a strong America that's that recognizes that China is the great danger. Yes, I think he wants to collaborate with China. I think he wants peace in general. And this whole thing with Ukraine, that's because Ukraine has been provoking him. Yeah, the Russians took Crimea because the great... The, the great percentage population wanted to go back to Russia. Crimea was traditionally Russian. And I think they have a right to have Crimea. Of course, then the CIA helped with that orange revolution back, what was it, 20, 2014, I believe? I don't remember the year. Uh, to topple the elected president of Ukraine who had pro-Russian tendencies because they didn't want anybody with pro-Russian tendencies there. They'd like to see a war between Ukraine and Russia. And Putin knows all these things. He, he knows what's going on in America. I'm sure he knows more than you or I know, too, from his sources. But the same sources <laughs> that inform him, I think, very, very well. This is military intelligence. They're going to try to, to kill people using Novichok, a military-grade nerve agent. They can be traced back to Russia very easily when you do the autopsy. And of course, with people like that, they do autopsies. Not like with the COVID victims, where they avoid doing autopsies because you know it might come out that that this person died of a heart attack and wasn't really COVID. Or uh, there's a case I heard about yesterday, been a lot of cases like that. Uh, some nurse revealed that in a hospital, somebody came in, he, had, he just died in a car accident. And the doctor said, yeah, let's write this down as COVID. And she said, COVID death? But it's obvious he's all bashed up. Like, no, but for all we know, it could be because he had COVID, he wasn't thinking straight, so he caused an accident. Yeah, right. That's the kind of lying that goes on today. Boy, I can hardly wait for the trials to start. Because if they put everybody on trial who should be on trial, these crooked doctors, these people that were falsifying records, these people who are keeping people separate, not even allowing you to visit loved ones hospital, even through a glass window in some cases, you couldn't see your old grandmother for a month. She had to die alone. I'm telling you, I'd like to see thousands of trials. Well, my life wouldn't be long enough to watch them all. Well, I'll say highlights, <laughs> highlight real the trials. And I don't just mean the big ones behind this, this heart, like Fauci. Uh, it was revealed the other day that on March 16th, I believe it was 2020, 
Fauci sees a letter from politicians saying, hey, I just learned that in China, and this was March of 2020, they are using in China hydroxychloroquine to treat people when they have first symptoms of COVID, and they're doing very well. There's not such a high death rate. I remember following death rates in many countries. I thought China has a low death rate. They were using hydroxychloroquine. Remember when Trump mentioned hydroxychloroquine, the left went crazy. Oh, he wants to kill people. That's not serious. You can't say that. They took it off the market in some countries. In France, interestingly, they took hydroxychloroquine off the market in October 2019, just before COVID broke out. Isn't that interesting? And they take the drug off the market that can cure people. Anybody that was speaking against hydroxychloroquine, saying, no, we, you can't prescribe that to doctors. That person belongs on trial for crimes against humanity. The Chinese apparently were curing their people by giving them in the early stages hydroxychloroquine. And Fauci knew that and he suppressed that information. He is a mass murderer and he's going to get his. I hope you're hearing me, my friend Don, with whom I have a bet. I bet this friend of mine, really nice guy, decent person. We disagree politically, but that doesn't matter. You know, We still respect and like each other. But he gave me 20 to 1 odds. I, I bet back in March, before all this Fauci stuff came out in America, I bet that by the end of the year, Fauci will be in prison. And he gave me 20 to 1 odds. I snatched at it. My $10 against his 200 Since Don's a nice guy, I hate taking his money from him. But hey, that's what bets are for, right? Maybe I'll invite him to dinner then for some of the money. Because <laughs> he is a nice guy. <laughs> but I, I could see that coming. This gargoyle Fauci, as some other friend of mine called him, I love that. The gargoyle Fauci. Uh, he's going to jail. With my luck, it could be that they don't put him in jail until January 2nd. And I lose the bet because I said by the end of the year. <laughs> but then, according to the bet, if things look like half and half are not sure, the bet will be canceled. Okay, so maybe I won't lose anything. And if I lose 10 bucks to Don, he's a nice guy. I really don't care. Losing 200 bucks is more difficult for him. But hey, like I say, he, he, he gave me the 20 to 1 odds, right? <laughs> so what can he say? So hopefully after listening to this today, you start to, first of all, distance yourself from egocentric thinking. Oh, I'm German, so I only see it from the German standpoint. Or I'm American, and Americans are especially guilty of that. I only see it from the American standpoint. No, try to see it from the other's standpoint. Even in your private life, is there some kind of a dispute with someone? Try to see it from their side. And reason it through from their view. And maybe you'll see, oh, wow, in part they're right. And then admit, well, you know, in part I think you're right. The other part of things wrong, but you know, start to do that. We can we can learn from this definitely. And as far as Putin's concerned, I see Putin as a really great potential ally of the West. A potential ally. Of, I'm not saying the guy's perfect. Who is? And I'm not saying he hasn't done some shady things in the past. Almost certainly, but consider his situation when the Soviet Union fell and that drunk Yeltsin was in power. The mafia, one mafia after the other taking control, wanton violence and corruption, uh, I mean, uh, and fueled in part by the CIA. And, you know, they wanted Russia to just totally collapse their entire economy, which it did basically towards the end of the 90s. Uh, and, you know, how many people wanted Putin out of the way? And I don't just mean, you know, some Americans or CIA. I mean, certain Russian mafias, for example. I mean, uh, old communists that want to get the power back and they want Putin out of the way. I mean, you know, I think Putin did a tremendous job of pulling the, their, his country together again and putting it on a good path. And we often judge, you know, if we want to uh, 
criticize Putin for some extreme measures he took, then let's let's talk about Abraham Lincoln next and how he threw how he threw hundreds of people into prison. Maybe it was thousands. No habeas corpus, throw them in jail without a trial just because they're suspected of having southern sympathies at the beginning of the Civil War. He wanted to throw the, just, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, Tawney, T-A-N-E-Y, it's really pronounced Tawney, as anybody from Maryland, Tawney Town <laughs> knows. Uh, he wanted to throw him in prison, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, just because he had southern sympathies. This made Abraham Lincoln a tyrant, of course. Fortunately, William Seward who was a cabinet member of Lincoln, said, no, Mr. President, you can't throw the chief justice of the United States in jail without a trial. You can't do that. But he did throw thousands of others in prison for that. But there were difficult times. Uh, you, you can't judge by certain other standards. You know, this was a 1960s. It was the 1860s beginning, and the Civil War was starting. And in Putin's case, the situation was even more dangerous for his country. And so I'm not saying Putin is a saint by any means, but first of all, he's not a natural enemy of America. And if some wise American president would try to get closer to Russia and say, hey, look, the great threat is China. We don't want war with him, of course. Yeah, we do business with him, but we want to keep him in check. Putin would immediately go for that. And if we could then have uh, Europe and Russia that are closer together, of course, that's what China doesn't want. China will try every trick in the book to separate Russia from Europe, to separate Russia from the United States. Putin's doing cleverly. He's pretending to go along with China when a lot of their initiatives, but he knows who the, the real enemy is. And he knows that somewhere down the road, if, if America is out of the picture, if they go totally leftist or basically in bed with China, he knows he's next. So I'd like you to think that through. And the next time you hear some story, oh, this uh, the hacking, oh, for example, the hacking, they say Russia's behind the hacking. And then when they're questioned maybe in Congress, well, we don't have evidence, but we suspect that they're behind it, no? Oh, not that it could be a Chinese, yeah, maybe a Chinese too, but it's Russia, it must be Putin behind this hacking. Uh, well, in part it could be. Do you think the CIA doesn't, doesn't hack anything in Russia or China? Of course, when we do it, it's all fine, right? But somebody else does it, oh, how dare they do that, right? We can interfere in their elections. We can help them rig their elections even. The CIA's done that before in other countries. Oh, but if they help us rig our elections, oh, what have they done? Oh, no, we can't let that happen. Of course, we left this America. You think the last election, 2020, was totally honest, the most honest election of all time, some said. Uh, if you think that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn that I can sell you for only a thousand bucks. Send in my PayPal account and, and I'll, I'll send you the fake deed, right? Because if you believe there's no fraud in the election, either, you haven't, either you're ignorant by choice because you haven't looked at the evidence at all and haven't thought, or you're too stupid to understand the evidence, or you're a liar and you know there is fraud and you just don't want to accept it because you hate Trump. But in that case, you're an enemy of democracy. Because it doesn't matter if you hate the president or not, if some, it's about the elections, right? And if you don't have the elections, if you just rig all the elections, then we might as well, you know, just declare ourselves communist or fascist from the very beginning. So if you think that's okay, what happened, if you know there was fraud and you think, oh, well, that's okay because it was Trump, then you're really an enemy of democracy. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, I don't smoke, but maybe you do. <laughs> in other words, you think about that. Because once it gets to the point where we can just rig one election after the other, and I think it's going to come out a prediction here over the course of the next few years, that not only was that election crooked, I think many in the past were, and not always in favor of one party or the other. 
you know, it could be that sometimes a Republican won, sometimes Democrat won, but I think there was a lot more fraud than, than people realize in elections. Just have to go back and study those voting machines, but then all those records are, are gone. Like in Arizona, right? By federal law, they have to keep all the ballots for 22 months, and yet from what's being leaked out there, over 200,000 ballots are simply missing. Oh, why would they be missing, I wonder? I, I wonder why. Were they all for, most of them for Trump, and that's why they destroyed them, the Democrats? Or were they all for uh, mostly like 98% for Biden, and that's why they destroyed him because it's so obviously a fraud? Why, why are 200,000 ballots missing? Well, we know what's going to happen in Arizona. In the end, Trump's going to win Arizona, and that's going on to Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Trump's going to be back one way or the other. Unless he says he's not interested after all this, and then we'll have another election. Uh, and then somebody recommended by Trump's going to win the election and there won't be that fraud because they're not going to use those Dominion voting machines and they're going to be really watching like hawks. Uh, you can believe whatever you want here, but if you are if you like to bet, if I were a leftist too, I would bet that that's going to happen. Even if something I don't want to happen, I would bet it's going to happen, right? And I say to my Trump-supporting friends, I say, hey, you want to make some good money? <laughs> I'll give you a little tip here. Get in the conversation with somebody who thinks Trump's and that Trump's never coming back. Say, oh, really? Say, well, I just had a dream. He might come back. Do you think that's think that's probable? Say, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Say, well, if we were in bed, what odds are you giving? Say, oh, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds and then jump for it. And then jump for it. Then you've got them. Then you say, okay, you mean, okay, 10 to 1. Okay, I'll, I'll put up $10. You put 100. They'll say, yeah, they're so sure of themselves. Be sure you write it down there. Or write them a message on Facebook or have, have something written so you can prove, hey, wait a minute. Uh, don't say that Trump's going to come back necessarily. Say that neither Biden nor Harris will be president. Uh, put it that way. By the end of the year. Or by next February, within a year, for example. Well, put it that way. You could lose. You could lose your 10 bucks. And I'm not advocating gambling here. But I'm saying I think there's a lot of money made with that. I could have probably made with 10 other people that bet about Fauci back in, in March. And all would have given me very good odds. And what does it look like now? Because we have another over six months in the year. You think Fauci's going to avoid jail, the, the dynamic, the way things are going now? Of course, he could commit suicide or be suicided. <laughs> I think a lot probably would like to see him dead, those on the left, because, of course, he's going he's to be singing like a canary about his boss, Francis Collins, and who was behind that, you know, what was really going on here. And the deep state's going to want to get rid of Fauci. Uh, I suspect, though, the alliance is protecting him very carefully. I hope they are, because I don't want to see the guy get killed. I want to see him in a prison cell for the rest of his life. That not, Well, for the rest of his life, which should be short. If he's really as guilty as I think he is, and everybody deserves a fair trial, then I think the only punishment appropriate would be death penalty, because I think he participated in, in the murder of tens of thousands, if not millions of people, by blocking access to drugs like hydroxychloroquine by lying about them, if only that. Never mind the fact that of, of all the damage done by these vaccines he was pushing because he's earning a percentage on several of these vaccines. Uh, maybe you didn't know that. Look it up on alternative media because mainstream media won't tell you these things, but these things are going to come out. Mark my words. So final word on Putin. Start to see him in a different way. Start to think as he would. And if you can really say, well, I think Putin would team up with China to beat America, then you're not a very good thinker, because that's the last thing Putin would want. And I hope I've expanded your mind, at least the point where you're able to consider other possibilities, 
in narratives that are otherwise dominated by one side, uh, that is by the main, mainstream media, because expanding your mind and seeing different possibilities and thinking each one through, these are all elements that we routinely use, we who are on the path of Socrates. Thank you for listening. I'm David Bolton, and till the next time.